Hello, and welcome back to Mon Animism. I'm your podcast host, Sarah Jane. Hello again. I thought in this podcast, we might get to grips some of the actual practices of Mon Animism, rather than just dismissing outmoded beliefs. But I must tie in and keep folding in new ideas, or else this won't be Mon Animism. It would be classical animism. In the last podcast, we spoke about causality and how this superseded free will, since it can be applied equally across all species, but it was also a precursor to free will, having been developed prior to monotheism. Free will, causality and karma are the three main philosophies which explain the processes that humans must go through as part of the process of being on this planet. If we assume purpose exists, it must tie into one of these. All these religions, all philosophies, place humans in an active role, with always being given and granted a sense of ethical purpose. The concept of speciesism and spiritual equality doesn't invalidate the activity of humanity, as long as we remember that animist practices are orthopraxic. They should be practical, creative and social skills, such as giving, caring and other forms of altruism. These are our ethical purposes. We should be expected to integrate with the world in a positive way to create these causes. If you remember, there were three types of causes, metaphysical, nature patterns and interference. Humans and other animals are capable of interference by altering the direction that non-animate objects take. In this term, we allow non-animate objects to gain new purposes. They are repurposed. In traditional animism, This repurposing allows for a soul growth within an inanimate object. Our integration with them allows them to develop, and I'm going to use the word, personalities. In the Abrahamic religions, we might consider that integration to be a transmutation or veneration of inanimate objects. So essentially, portion of humanity's purpose is connected with integration, which we see in the way that orthopraxy leads us to religion practice through community festivals, blessing, healing or naming ceremonies, attending to or being in nature. But becoming more animistic does not include suddenly becoming more socially outgoing. Because doing stuff for and with animals and nature is equally important as being involved in community projects. And I really hope this concept has come across in the previous podcasts. Today we're talking about purpose, and purpose has many definitions. Just as humans have, we have multiple stresses overlapping and pulling us in different directions. If all we had to worry about was a sense of integration and interference, 
purpose would be easy to obtain. But instead, we have many senses of purpose. We have a concept of higher purpose. Then we have a sense of biological purpose. This is a kind of inner purpose that ensures genetic material is passed on and the survival of the species. There is a purpose that I mentioned when I spoke about confabulation, how the brain gives a sense of journeying through life as if all our activities build up and are leading somewhere. And there is a final sense of purpose which exists in the labelling that we give to ourselves that underpin our sense of identity and self-worth where in terminology we become a lover or a grafter or the artist within our social circle. And purpose is so fundamentally important to our species for these four different reasons. This week, as I was planning my podcast, I got really distracted and off topic and I started thinking about quantum theory. And this is something I will discuss in the next podcast. But as I was thinking, I got to a state where I started to question, do we have any purpose at all? I believe that confabulation is rewriting my past and gives me a sense that my future steps connect to my past steps. Does it not imply that some of that past might not even exist? I think of it like a a Descartian ideology. I think, therefore, I am. Do we only exist because we have coherent thoughts? If we have no coherent thoughts, do we therefore not exist? Part of what we believe has been made up. What was happening in that time period? This is so easily dismissed. Of course, I do exist in the past. I existed in the past as there is evidence. But the question is, do I live in this past consistently? Do I behave differently in different parts of it? Am I integrated and interacting in some, but running on autopilot in other parts? And so, am I just part of nature's causality? Am I just rerunning through those old patterns whenever I'm on autopilot? I just reiterate things over and over? How will I know if confabulation is writing over my thoughts? What happens if I zone out or go on autopilot? Am I even thinking at all in all of those thoughts? At what point? And how can I be sure that I'm creating new causes? How do I know that the causes that I'm working with are not causal effects of the past, that they exist in perpetuity? How do I know that I'm making a difference and therefore I am contributing and have a purpose? And for several of the purposes that I initially mentioned, they have a biological purpose or function. And isn't this an example of how we're affected by nature?
Isn't that a natural pattern based on the effect of causality when I work in autopilot? And what about the roles I'm given as mother, artist or grafter? These purposes here give us a sense of self-worth, as if we're achieving something special for the community. But aren't these two part of nature's causes? That as a society, our best chance of a survival would occur if we're all united, but our roles were diverse enough to overcome multiple obstacles. So the roles we're giving by society are part of our DNA, part of our presence as being human, and therefore not a new cause, one of the human integrated and evolving causes, but a pattern of nature. So of the three purposes that I mentioned in my last podcast, of confabulation creating purpose, an identity and self-worth for the purpose of passing on genetic material and the protection of loved ones, the sense of purpose that we get through a higher calling. So of the three purposes I mentioned, we have confabulation, creating purpose, identity and self-worth are a purpose, the passing on of genetic material and protection of loved ones is a form of purpose, but only one remaining is a sense of purpose that we gain through a higher calling. And that is the only one we can prove is not an act of confabulation. That is not an act autopilot that cannot be connected to nature's cause and effects, that is not connected to the causal effects of the past, the only one purpose that remains is higher purpose. Higher purpose is the most elusive of all the purposes. It's the voice within you that goes against reason. It tells you to jump off the cliff because the bridge beneath will rise to find you. It's those actions where you take decisions against insurmountable odds and then win. And these are the actions and this is the causality that connects you into that web of souls. This is the metaphysical causation that we're always elusively searching for. And I know what you're going to say. You will say. But I don't have these moments of clarity where I know with absolute certainty that things will work out for me. Or things don't come together in my head in that manner. But better understanding of these four purposes is your best way of getting there. Never believe that you are just one thing. The mother, the artist. These are roles and responsibilities subscribed to you from society. And they're based upon that sense of otherness that everyone is just a limited thing. You should always Think and believe of yourself as having or doing more. Don't get stuck in that sense of otherness, him and me, rich and poor, because you're going to limit yourself by comparing yourselves to others, by setting the standards and defining things within very limited briefs. You limit yourself by ascribing yourself to traditional values.
You should seek to create, utilize and make so that you become a source of causality. See the value and purpose of the objects you come into with fresh eyes because it's your role to make inanimate objects become more spiritual, to give a sense that there is more to them. Remember, traditional animists believe that inanimate objects can hold spirits inside them. And modern animists believe that all objects can be transmuted into becoming something more. Now the words are different, the words are different, but the meaning is very similar. Since everything that exists is made up of the same energy on a quantum level. And I also want to introduce a new theme as part of this podcast, which is living in the moment. We cannot prove that we consistently live through every moment. There aren't parts of our lives where we aren't fully present. When we thought back to the previous podcast on free will, you remember me stating four reasons that free will couldn't exist. There was parallel world theory, stating another similar us exists out there making opposing choices. There was the sense that there was no free will because a lot of our experience was pre-programmed by society. They were constantly reading our environment, following subconscious messages, from everything from doorknobs to letter fonts. Free will can also be invalidated by a sense of autopilot, how we don't consciously decide things in advance. The theory I was talking about was confabulation, where the brain backfills information. It's not specifically concerned with false memories. Confabulation deals with reasoning. We know that not all of our experiences are real. We may overemphasize them, or give them unwanted dramatization in our memories. But we know the past will keep reoccurring because patterns exist that we may or may not have influence in causing. But we can prove that anything that happens right in the second must be real, in the sense that it's not misremembered or misinformed. There's a higher chance, a higher likelihood that you won't be regurgitating previous causes when you're living in the moment. I like to compare this to parallel world theory. There is only 118 elements we know of. There's only three subatomic particles to an atom and a very limited number of quarks. So despite the belief there's an infinite amount of materials and an infinite combination of choices, our choices are based upon our homogenization to our environment and the limit of materials in our universe will matter. This is similar to getting a Lego set. In theory, any structure could be built, but in practice it would be hard to make everything. Consider, would you be able to make a working nuclear reactor from the parts we were given in a Lego set. And this is why nature and human causes follow these repeated patterns. If you live your life on a decision by decision basis, remembering not to dwell on an imagined past, it should be possible to get past a lot of causal effects. So what we're looking for as animists 
is better integration with the world around us, that we're not working on autopilot. It's not a question of joining in with the web of souls, it's just a question of being. But I would suggest for many people, for this sense of living in the moment to happen, they must be living in a place where they're happy and in a life that they love. For else, who would want to integrate and live in the moment? Wouldn't you rather live on autopilot if you weren't doing what you enjoyed? This is not something I can help you with, but hopefully we'll cover this in more detail at a later point. As I mentioned earlier, I'll be looking at quantum theory this week. So a lot of the conversation has been based upon quantum entanglement. In my next podcast, I'll cover this in more depth. And I'm calling my next podcast, God Plays With Dice. In difference to Einstein's quote, God doesn't play with dice. So once again, this has been Modern Animism. And thank you for listening.